0: hello and welcome to the turnaround talk show and podcast i'm your host Master tepperman the creator of the turnaround method and in this show me and my guests will have fascinating conversations on how to use adversity as a springboard to create a thriving life today my guest is tulsi van der graaf tulsi is a former lawyer with a psychology mediation and counseling background over the last eight years tulsi has been working as a workplace trainer facilitator, a presenter, and a coach. She worked for the Human Rights Commission as an investigator and mediator in discrimination and pre-marriage counsellor. Welcome, Tulsi, and thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. To be here. So I wanted to talk about workplace conflict and how to turn um, things around in the workplace when there is a conflict, and I, I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about this topic than you.
1: Oh well, that's lovely. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and the focus that I wanted to uh, have today is on how we, as individuals, can manage ourselves because that's the only thing that we can really control is how we respond and how we show up. Um, so that would be the focus. But before before uh, we go there, I wanted to talk to you about what are some of the um, the, the most common conflicts that you see in a workplace, um, from your experience.
1: Yeah, Uh,
0: you see a whole
1: range of conflicts and I mean, sometimes it's difficult to even work out where it started because they've been going on for a long time. But often there seems to be a conflict related to uh, unclear expectations, different kinds of ways of working, different personalities of entrenched thinking about the way something should be done uh, and other times there's uh, yeah, I guess what we call ineffective communication it's it's quite usual to see people haven't really learnt the kind of communication skills that strengthen connection and so they may say things in a certain way that causes hurt to others and then that's left unsaid, and it can create often a spiral of, of disconnection uh, and issues between people. Uh, and the other sort of layer upon that is often people don't actually raise those issues. And there seems to be uh, a general theme that people avoid talking about conflict and it gets worse.
0: So let me go back. <clears throat> The first thing I think I heard you say was around expectation and not clarifying expectations. The second thing was about um, people having their own ways of doing things and clashing because they do things different and don't understand where others are coming from, yeah? And communication, um, sort of keeping things and not, not addressing and then resentment because that sort of uh, is not addressed and then it gets worse yes that kind of the gist yeah it's a good summary (laughs) and it, it happens between co-workers it can happen like at all levels right that's right
1: uh yeah between managers and and staff between team members between a staff member and the manager's manager uh, I mean, also happen with customers and clients and staff. So in, in every sort of situation, there are potential challenges and opportunities as well.
0: Okay, so what? Uh, what is what do you think? It's a good mindset for us to go into the workplace and and have a, a positive experience. What is like one thing you would say, just like as a blanket statement to anyone? When you start a new job, what would be like a great frame of mind to go into interactions in your workplace? Mm, that's a good question. I think uh, for me, one of the, the biggest
1: areas that I feel sad about when I go into workplaces is that people aren't clear about expectations and their role and what a successful job looks like. So for me, what I would say to anyone who's going into a workplace to avoid any potential conflict that comes from say feeling like you might be encroaching on someone else's position or a manager starts feeling disappointed in how you're delivering in the job is really have one of those very open conversations where you say look can we have a look at this job description I'd really like to understand from your perspective what those expectations are and also you know for you what does a successful job look like say day to day can you talk me through that and I think that's that's a really good sort of starting point for open communication and understanding.
0: Mm. One of the things that we uh, talk about in Gallup Strengths Coaching, uh, one of the, the good questions is like, how can you support me? It's like, it's, it's a really good question to ask mm-hmm. um, people in job interviews, right? I mm-hmm. had this question asked because I... The workplace, my workplace, uh, adopts a, a strengths-based culture. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, just the fact that I can say this is how you can support me. Um, that, was, that was amazing. And sort of like also... Be really clear about the things that are going to be going to make you miserable if you have to do that too much as well, right? Because oftentimes you don't you don't clarify, and then you end up doing a whole lot of mundane things that uh, you didn't expect. And even in job, uh, in the in the uh, interviewing process, you might want to ask about those things so you don't go into a job as well thinking that's going to be one way and ends up being the other
1: way right yeah that's right and i yeah i like i like that idea uh, around support that idea of saying you know kind of like what does support look like for you what does support look like for me and having the really focused conversations around both that kind of how do we do this together because two people will always do things differently and have a different idea of support i mean it's really interesting sometimes i see that uh, you know, one one employee really needs you know a lot of sort of um, appreciation and feedback about how they're going, and another one finds that almost uncomfortable. Uh, and so, we need to clarify all those bits, all the nitty gritty that we don't necessarily expect would create conflict. Because often the stuff that creates conflict because it's unsaid uh, and and unclear.
0: Mm. How about uh, even? Um knowing what's important for you in the job, like more in terms of your values as well. Like some people like to have control over the, what they do, autonomy and things like that. And other people like to be told exactly what they you know, they are expected to do. So just clarifying those things are, can be helpful, you're saying.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, it can be from, you know, I, I actually really like to you know, meet up with my manager every week because that gives me a sense of where I'm going and I can check in and I can tell you how it is. And another one might be like, you no, know, I'd just like to send you an email and let you know how I'm going and we meet up once a month because otherwise I feel like I'm being micromanaged and, and finding uh, a common common uh, sort of ground. It was really interesting because I was speaking to uh and two staff members when I was doing some sort of coaching work in a program. And um, what I saw with them was interesting, that there was a source of conflict and it was simply about the fact that one person liked to have meetings where, you know, you had 20 minutes to say, how's the family and how was your holiday and, you know, have a bit of a chat and the other person was like, a meeting that goes longer than 10 minutes is too long a meeting. And so you can imagine the kind of conflict that could happen in between those two and, and through just a conversation about okay, how do you like to do meetings? There was this kind of enlightened experience of, oh, okay, we're that different. How do we how do we come up with a common common way and the common way was really okay let's have shorter meetings but let's make sure we give you know two or three minutes just to have a check-in and that's that's a good way for us both to feel kind of like where our needs are being met
0: yeah I love that Um, I think it's really important to sort of be be mindful of those individual differences that's something that we also really focus on uh Gallup Strengths Coaching and in the team framework One of the things I wanted to ask you is about toxic workplaces or toxic people in workplace. Tell us a little bit about how that can impact um, the general well-being in the workplace and the number of um, situations and conflicts that you have to address around this. Well, I liken it to
1: a beautiful clear glass of water that has a drop of poison put in it. It spreads everywhere. And it's really unfortunate that you see it in, in so many workplaces. I mean, we often, uh, well, this is a term coined by my business partner, call, call them, you know, dangerous at work. And they're those people that, you know, when we talk about res- dangerous at work.
0: Dangerous at work. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Yes, so the dangerous at work people are the ones that you have to be really careful with. And so, you know, when even when we're, like, discussing uh, communication techniques and ways of resolving conflict There's another category when we're dealing with the dangerous at work and they're potentially the ones that you, you can't expect a, you know an inverted commas reasonable response from so it's uh it can be extremely challenging and the way that we deal with it is you know you have to go back to basics and the, the biggest challenge with uh often with toxic uh, behaviors or, you know, in really inappropriate behaviors and most, I guess we might say toxic people, although, you know, it, it's, it's a hard one to say because for one person, you know, you look at a person and you say that person's a toxic person but they're in a, in a dynamic with someone else. So, you know, we've got to be careful with those that, that sort of terminology as well. But what we see is that often behavior is just allowed to persist. So we've gone into workplaces where perhaps someone has avoided or ignored or been really awful to others, even for 10 up to 17 years actually we've seen. And I know it's shocking. And uh, what, what needs to happen there is... You can't go from saying, "Okay, I've accepted this for ten years," and today I've decided no more. You need to actually go back to the team and reset expectations around values and behaviour. And uh, what we do with that is usually when it's when it's uh, you know that challenged, and and we've seen some devastated workplaces. It's really it's really sad for the people who are often you know basically uh, having sleepless nights, crying absolutely just suffering and it's awful so what we have to do then is really you start from scratch and we we do this activity called above and below the line behaviors and get the team to be involved in clarifying what is it you want from each other and what is it you don't want from each other and you get that common agreement including with the people who may be more challenging And then you develop leaders so that they can call out those um, inappropriate behaviours. You also develop staff to be able to say, hey, that's a bit below the line or I'm not going to accept that. And there's something about also giving people permission to speak up, uh, which is a really important one. And I'm constantly surprised how few people feel that they have the right to speak up and Recently I've was uh, i been doing a big coaching program and I had three different people I was coaching come back and tell me that they'd clarified their their job um, uh, in a better way, that they'd spoken up, that they had that difficult conversation. And all of them in some ways said to me, it was because you gave me permission to speak up. I thought that's so powerful but also uh, shocking as well.
0: Yeah. I want you to talk a little bit more about that. So I mm-hmm. want to, let's, let's talk the, the, how to speak up. What's like, I want to hear your tip on how people speak up, because I know this is a big one. I know mm-hmm. that people keep like, keep bottling up uh, and, and keep it and keep it. And then, you know, we're going to talk about the behavior. Like, I don't know how long after that behavior happened, it just became, becomes a complaint rather than a f- like feedback. Right. So I want want to pack that, but I want you to talk about what is below the line, um, kind of below the line behavior. I I see it like as a two-way, right? This could be internal and could be external as well, right? Can a person feel below the line and take something that isn't below the line as below the line? So talk to us a little bit about what below the line could mean and in terms of what's acceptable and what also how we interpret interactions.
1: Yes, okay, so I, I, I think maybe with the, what you're getting at, uh, in addition, obviously, to exploring the below the line is, is that idea that sometimes we can define things as below the line. Um, if we're having, say, an interaction with someone else, almost manipulate that to say, well, that's below the line, but really it's just a conversation. So sometimes we see that. <laughs> but so if we talk about below the line behaviour, it's behaviour that we don't that we don't agree with. That's that's you know inappropriate and and not okay. So that's you know anything from some of the common below the line uh, behaviours are you know gossiping, ignoring, kind of being uh, creating this kind of in group versus the out group, uh, being dismissive, basic things like you know eye rolling. Uh, being, you know, doing the yes but continually in meetings. Uh, another thing that we see, sort of getting back to that toxic environment that you you were sort of mentioning, is that in those kind of cultures, that often, you know, one or two people have stopped saying good morning and goodbye. And that is such a below the line behaviour as well. That people don't know how to address it. And the challenge for staff in, in those sort of situations is you know, their value is to say hello and goodbye. So they either keep doing it and get rejected and ignored, which grinds them down, or they are inconsistent with their own values and stop saying hello and goodbye. And either way, it's an awful scenario. So they're the kind of below-the-line sort of behaviours as well as one of the other ones that's, like, really, really significant is avoiding dealing with conflict and um, not being... Unwilling to engage around uh, a discussion to resolve issues.
0: So, what's your suggestion on how to address a uh, below-the-line behaviour? And and then next, I'll ask you how do you um, then if it's not on the spot and there is an issue because I know most workplaces policy will say you have to address the conflict with the person before you escalate that to management, right? So I want to talk about the instant feedback, so that feedback on the the below-the-line behaviour, and then I'd like you to talk a little bit more about how you address those conflicts that you have been refusing to address. Mm. If you could share your wisdom. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, So I think there's there's a couple of points in relation to that. Look, I, I think it's... You know, in an ideal scenario, we, we can have those open conversations with others and we can raise issues. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, I definitely agree with that. However, when we're talking about really inappropriate behaviours, there is a point where that is really a leadership response and it shouldn't be the person, uh, the individual person who has been the I guess experiencer of the bad behaviour, and I think there's it's almost a there's a, probably a line, and it's it can be a, a very confusing line because uh, because we sometimes it's a really good thing to raise an issue, and other times it may not be. So, for example, say if there was like a little small interaction where you know one one staff member said something to another, and it was either experienced in in a hurtful way intended or not well that would probably be something where you know if they have a foundation of trust and relatively good communication it might be hey can we just have a chat the other day when we were in the tea room and I said this and you said that and that hurt my feelings like I Is that what you meant I was just checking with you you know and and hopefully that would be, oh, really, oh, I'm sorry, I really didn't mean it like that. What I was, you know, I think I was I was a bit un, uh, under stress so I probably sounded more dismissive than I meant to be. So that could be something, you know, where we can have that conversation and, and that builds understanding and connection. So we're happy with that one. And there might be other ones where you know a person tends to be very challenging in their behaviour. They refuse, perhaps they refuse to work together with someone or they don't follow instructions or they're just like quite rude in their behaviour. And if that's something that's already been happening for a while, it's in some ways it's unfair to expect the next person who experiences it to address it when it's actually a historical thing that needs to be dealt with by the manager. And that's where, for me, uh, often there is a problem uh, and there's often a problem with, with... Supportive managers who are lovely, beautiful people don't know how to deal with really challenged situations other than being supportive and understanding. And, in fact, it, it needs a bit more of a clear, this is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so that's where if you set the below-the-line behaviours and really clarify them, then the manager can say, hey, you know, we, we agreed to these we said this is what we want and this is what we don't want and I'm seeing a below-the-line behaviour and, you know, let's talk about, you know, what the story is here because that can't continue on like that. Mm. Or or someone could say, you know, like a say someone in a smaller sort of situation, hey, that's a bit below the line and then the person goes, oh, oh, okay, that's true. Um, so, I love, that
0: one. I love yeah. that one because it also, uh, it's not personalised. It's just like this is what we agreed and I feel... Because also there's this, um, the perception of of someone, right? Some people are a little bit more outspoken. They're a little bit more um, direct. And, and, that, and there's the, the multiculturalism as well in the workplace. A lot of people from different backgrounds, they, they communicate in very different ways as well. And that can come across as below the line sometimes, depending on how uh, used you are to speak up in your culture as well so there's a, a little bit of that as well but I I like when you say like oh this was a little bit below the line um, someone could say oh sorry I didn't intend it like that that was so it just takes it, it's not personal anymore it's just something I felt I perceived as below the line as well
1: yeah and it's yeah. interesting yeah it's interesting because I I was facilitating like a whole team session a little while ago and there was a lot of you know quite a number of challenged people in that large team and we did a below above and below the line behavior activity and someone came up to me about, about 40 minutes after we'd done that and there'd been a break and they said oh I just overheard someone starting to talk about one of the challenged people and the person they were talking to said hang on I think that's below the line and the person went oh yeah oh okay i I yes, I better not say that. And then they stopped and they moved on. And, and I thought, isn't that amazing? Like you can have a, it can be as, as powerful as 40 minutes later, once you've uh, set those expectations and you've clarified them, people stop themselves. Um, so, so that was good. And I, the other thing, just coming from what you've just, what you were just uh, raising and, and talking about, uh, that sentence of, you know, oh, that's a little bit below the line. Another thing that, uh, we give to people as well as a sentence uh, when things are challenging. Is I'm not feeling comfortable with this conversation. You know, so Look, can I stop you there? I'm not feeling comfortable with this conversation. You know, I do want to work with you, or I do want to talk with you, or I do want to sort this out. I just need a few minutes, or you know, can we come back and you know have a cup of tea and we'll talk about it again? And uh, you know what that does for people uh, is it, it is sometimes amazing in the sense that. So when we are not used to speaking up and raising issues, we can often go into that sort of fight, flight, freeze mode, where we feel under threat, and so we can't think. Uh, You know that experience where you know twenty minutes later you think of the best thing to say, you know, in response to something. You're like, ah. (laughs) am <laughs> now I can't say it well that kind of opens up an opportunity where you can do that and so saying I'm not comfortable with this conversation it means that you don't have to say why the problem you don't have to say how you feel you don't have to call out the behavior but you're really putting up sort of a boundary saying I'm not prepared to engage in this way right now and I will talk with you, but not like this. And it forces the other person to reflect their behaviour as well, which is really what we want. We want that reflection, and we want to be treading a bit carefully in the way we engage with others. Because, you know, whenever we say something hurtful, whenever we don't take care in the way we communicate or spew out our challenging emotions, we create disconnection and and hurt and resentment, which is the thing that creates conflict.
0: Mm. So what I'm here say is that that validation is really important. So in a group situation, setting sort of the, the ground rules for what is uh, for everyone below the line. Because if one person perceives something as below the line, that and they might be well speaking for someone else who didn't have the guts to say this is below the line is, I feel that that's below the line as well. So it's validating everyone's uh, kind of ground rules and then operating with the, within those parameters helps reduce conflict. And As yes. well as, well as stepping, stepping out and then seeing, understanding that what, you've, what you said or what you've done, it's not acceptable for the other person so that you have to come back and, and have a different way to, to continue that interaction the way that is more acceptable
1: yes and and I think that the really important part combined with that is having all those agreements that everyone's part of but then also making sure that managers pull out that behavior and that you know team members don't accept things um, when it's directed at them so you know that it that, you know once there is that sort of foundation of, of understanding and, and the kinds of behaviors that we want in this team, but when something sort of comes up, hang on, That yeah, that, that that's a bit below the line. Hey, we, we said we weren't going to do that anymore or, you know, we, we have to be careful and uh, sometimes I liken it as well to, you know, you're on a rickety bridge and uh, you, the more conflict that you've experienced in your team, the more rickety your bridge is. And so every step you take, you have to take it with
0: care. Wow. So... Tulsi, let's say someone has had a minor grievance with another team member and that's sort of going for a little while and you didn't address. Um, the other person is kind of, uh, you know, walling, like raising all the walls and, and you, you feel like you're starting to feel uncomfortable. But it isn't that kind of inappropriate behaviour that is so bad yet that needs to be escalated. How would you um, suggest that the person who wants to seek resolution or who needs to say how they're feeling presents that to the other party?
1: Mm. Uh, I, that's, I, I love that question because I, uh, I think it's a really uh, significant one that people do experience in the workplace. And uh, I've, I've got a bit of a go-to sentence for that one as well, which is, is something like, you know, hey, you know, I've noticed that things haven't seemed sort of the, the same with us recently or there's been a bit of something, tension between us. Now, has there been something that I've done to upset you? Just opening that up, what that allows is, you know, the person can potentially say, oh, actually, you know, it's nothing to do with you. I'm having a really hard time at home. Or actually, you know, six months ago in that meeting when you said whatever it is, uh, that really upset me and I, I haven't been able to get over it since. And so it opens up the opportunity to have that conversation. Um, but the, the challenge with that is it does require the other person to be, you know, willing. To open up so i think different times there is is success with that they might that person might go you know well, everything's fine and then you might go well it really doesn't seem fine you know how and then it might be an open question you know we can have a, a chat and maybe talk about how we can you know move forward together and you know what would make a difference for you in sort of a working relationship. I really, I really value you as the appreciation. But I really, and I value working with you and how you contribute. So I don't want us to kind of, you know, lose lose the strength of this working relationship. So it's you know, opening up the conversations.
0: It requires a, a high level of vulnerability just mm-hmm. to approach someone from that place as well, and not sort of want to to be right and to to bring all your complaints to the table uh that's what i'm hearing from you so if you you're not really uh now going to to create the opportunity to to list all the times that someone has done something wrong to you it's really kind of about setting a vision for how we can be better from now on rather than and clearing what happened in the past, what has happened, but not not so much about addressing that but also kind of setting a future vision for a, a better relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, at different times there definitely has to be um, those conversations, but, I mean, that, that, that focus on let's work together you know, how can we work together well, I think it's really important. And at, you know, at the same time, like I've worked in, in organisations where really the only way forward was for each person to be able to say what what was upsetting them. And, I mean, I worked in quite long ago, a small organisation where, about I think there about sort of ten employees and an owner, and luckily he was very open, and he was the one who engaged me. No one was talking; they were either swearing, shouting, or crying, and uh, it was it was a really, uh, really uh, unhealthy, sad environment. And it used to be good, and the only way they could move forward was really to talk about how they felt. And in the end, you know, I did one-on-one with each of the staff members and the owner and I, and I found out their perspective on what was happening and uh, you know been some change they were overworked a new person had come in and you know, there were various kind of perceptions of this person has taken over and he doesn't value us anymore and his perception was they're too sensitive and I need to focus on the future and there was all this disconnect and it was quite amazing within two weeks everything turned around just from each of them having the one-on-one with me just talk about how they felt and we did a, a facilitated discussion with the owner and each employee and then we did two team sessions where we uh, provided all the information obtained from everyone about the key challenges people were experiencing and the the owner then acknowledged the parts where he had hadn't done so well and after that I mean it was interesting he he said I said how's it going two weeks later he goes amazing he goes they're all chirping like birds and um That was from that need to express what had happened and the clarifying of what really was the story. So everyone had their own story and their own theory of it and their own reasons for feeling hurt and unvalued and dismissed. And once everything was cleared, they could move forward and it's still going really well now. So there's hope sometimes if we use our words <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I think my final question to you is say if someone doesn't have the uh, opportunity to reach out to someone like you and maybe the workplace um, culture isn't such that that there is that um, support or something like that, what is the one thing that everyone should be better at doing that can help? solve conflict and turn things around Mm. even if it's just for themselves
1: yeah
0: is that something that we can do for ourselves I'm, I'm a big fan of just helping ourselves when nothing else can be done there's always yeah. the exit strategy. I learned that one as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I think that there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do ourselves, and and I think, I mean, that's when I work with individuals, that that's really the focus, actually. So it's 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 kind of it's getting an overall sense, almost like sort of taking a step back and saying, okay, what what is happening between me and this other person? How long has it been going for? What what is like the conflict sequence? Like what happens each time? You know, what happens before, what happens during each part and then how does it end? And trying to get a little bit of perspective of that. And if I have really intense emotions, where are those intense emotions coming from? I mean, even, even with situations where, say, there's a really difficult person and everyone finds them challenging, we all bring a different part of ourselves to that challenge. So what part of that intensity is you no know, like a, a reasonable response a challenging situation and what part is clashing against my values or what I've gone through is bringing me back to something I went through say when I was a child or in my own trauma and often when we're in that intensity that is it we need to explore to, to reduce that and so exploring that and then allow us to get to a place of acceptance so one of the things I, I see Quite regularly is this kind of circling around about this person's bad, this person's irritating. This is what they do. This is what they did this time. So you can spend like I do coaching uh, coaching uh, sessions where sometimes I feel that if I didn't redirect, that we could we could spend days talking about how irritating that person is. And I mean, like I know that that's quite enjoyable on occasion, but it doesn't get us to the place where we acceptance and acceptance is the foundation for change. So that place of acceptance is I don't like this. This is awful. This person challenges me. This is what I'm dealing with. What can I do here to respond? And the other pit is the self-awareness part of if I'm feeling this intensely and I'm this challenged, it means that I'm going to be responding differently to that person. So I'm already contributing to uh, a more intense conflict because they bring their challenge behaviours and then I'm bringing my response and then they're responding to my response and I'm responding to their response. So we're already getting that escalation. So the moment we can go to that place of what do I bring, let me let me stand back and, and see this intensity for for what it is sort of in its totality and, and it can be like even for me that, that helps me sometimes, I'm feeling... An intense response to this. What value is this clashing um, against? So it can be, you know, I feel they dismiss me and they don't value my work. A really important value for me is to be heard and, and valued and listened to, and I'm not getting that. And that's also really important because when I was young, I didn't get listened to and valued, for example, someone might say. So once we get that bigger picture, an opportunity for our own growth and learning and then um, a way forward, not just in that relationship but in in all of our relationships and how we manage them. Uh, And I think the other little bit is thinking about like small little steps we can take. So this is a really intense kind of dynamic I have with this person. I don't like it like that. What, What bit of who I am can I bring that will make this even in a small way Better um, because we don't want to have our values bring our values down to meet someone else's behavior. We want to we want to bring the best of ourselves. And and how do we do that? So there are lots of explorations we can do just with ourselves to manage those challenging emotions. Yeah,
0: I love that. So that's kind of where I was um, referring to a person being below the line, like within, like their internal landscape being below the line. So how they react. Um, that 's exactly where i was uh what I was referring to and so would uh, would you ask a person those questions like first off when you're working with individuals when they are having a strong reaction to someone will you work with them? These are some of the questions you 're gonna ask them to sort of see what 's happening um that's amazing. That's exactly what I wanted
1: to get out of this question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's I, that, That's exactly the kind of questions I, w- I will ask. And I'll also, you know, give feedback. Like I, I, I did this recently with a coaching client and I said, you know, what I've noticed is you're really circling around all the bits of what this person does and how they are and, and we could talk for hours and hours about that. I'm just wondering, what is that intensity for you, and, and what does it connect to you within yourself? And that opened up a whole conversation about, you know, um, her values, her history, what it meant for her, what she'd experienced previously, and and that was the unfolding of the insight.
0: That's awesome. That's so good. Thank you so much for that. That was uh, really valuable. Um, I think I hope that uh, someone listening to this would have stopped and grabbed the pen and started to write down all of those really important uh, self-reflection questions, I guess, uh, because that was just gold. That was really good. Thanks, Marcia. I knew I was uh, bringing just the right person to talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tulsi. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And, um I'll see you around. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thanks, Marcia. Thank you. (laughs) you.
0: The Turnaround Talk Show and podcast is brought to you by Marcia Tepperman. You can find me on my website, www.marciatepperman.com.au, or you can connect with me on social media via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thank you for listening and I look forward to being with you again soon.